Welcome to GovIT, a monthly podcast series from TD Synex Public Sector, where we discuss the next generation of public sector IT solutions with the technology innovators driving the change. I'm your host, Tom Temin. Each month, we explore a different technology, what it is and how it can help public sector organizations achieve their modernization goals and accomplish their missions. In this episode, we're sitting down with Jonathan Singer, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Checkmarks, to discuss their Global Pulse Application Security Annual Report. Jonathan, good to have you with us. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. And let's talk about that recently released Global Pulse on Application Security Study. Who did you survey and what are some of the results? I'm excited to talk about it because uh, we put a lot of work into this. We surveyed a mix of 1,500 chief information security officers, AppSec managers, and developers. So we got the full range of survey respondents, and we got equal parts of each. So they're a little more than 500 from each of those three categories. Now, all of these survey respondents come from organizations with at least 1,000 employees, and their offices are located in the U.S., the U.K., France, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Singapore, Brazil, Australia, and New Zealand. So we have a pretty good geographic spread. And we conducted the survey because we really wanted to know more about what people are thinking about application security on a daily basis, what their, um, you know, in the context of their broader security responsibilities, or in the case of developers, they don't have any security responsibilities other than that, right? Um, So we really wanted to know how are people feeling about this discipline that we as an organization are so deeply involved in and invested in? Um, because we see application security as a really important component of your overall information security strategy going forward. And that's because of what everyone's calling digital transformation. Now, you've probably heard that term a lot, digital transformation. Oh, we've got this digital transformation effort. But if you write code and you sort of really think about what's happening, Digital transformation is actually just modern software engineering. Like there, So there is no, we're going to go through a digital transformation effort, and then it's going to be done. This is just business forever now, you know, until we come up with something else, which I don't know, brain chips or whatever, but, you know, we'll get there. Apple Vision, I don't know, but you still need it for that. But, you know, joking aside, this is about the state of everything we're doing. Everything is online business. And how secure is that? And so it's really important we feel, to get a view from the people on the ground floor of that. So those are the people who are writing the code, the people who are responsible for helping to secure that code, and the people at the top, the CISOs, who are responsible for pushing some really large organizational changes in the way that these companies operate to make sure that applications are developed securely. So we think it's we think it's pretty important. What did we learn from the survey? What were their main findings? What did they tell you? So we came up with a bunch of different findings. And the ones that I think that are kind of most salient here that I I think are are the ones that everyone needs to think about is that, you know, we surveyed 1,500 people more than that. And 86% of them said that their organizations have deployed known vulnerable code in the last 12 months. I want that to sink in for a second. So they're putting things out and they're like, yeah, this has holes in it. I'm going to put it out there anyway. There's nuance behind why you do that. And we'll get into that. So I don't want it to make it seem as terrible as it sounds. But the next thing is that 88% of the organizations surveyed did experience a breach in the last 12 months directly tied to a vulnerable application that they themselves developed. Okay. So we're putting out known vulnerable code and we're getting breached a lot. Those findings, I think, are really important for anyone who is 
considering an application security strategy. Because if you're only considering an application security strategy, then you don't even know that you're putting out non-vulnerable code in the first place, right? So, so all along the lines, we're thinking application security needs to change. It needs to become more a part of your organization, more a part of your strategy. And the stakes of getting it wrong are increasingly high. What is their motivation for putting out this code, knowing it's vulnerable? It's like shooting yourself with your own loaded pistol when they have these breaches. Is it because they're in a hurry? They have some corporate mandate to get something done and they just have to put out the code like going with the army you've got? Yeah. So here's where we get into the nuance. A lot of it is definitely time to market, right? So developers are under a lot of pressure to put things out quickly release code, release code quickly, fix it if it's broken, get it out, improve the customer experience. Because that's what that's what digital business is all about. So you've got to have the best customer experience. You've got to be one step ahead. You've got to keep providing a better and better experience, right? And, and they're also, you know, trained of the mindset that like you put out something and it's not perfect and then you fix it. Now, um, there's a difference between, you know, you have a less than stellar user experience and someone snatches all your customers PII, right? So th those are different things. But then I also want to talk about software is getting incredibly complex to develop, right? We've gone as an industry from these old monolithic code bases that everyone was working in them and they got released regularly, you know, to a microservices architecture where you've got a ton of different development teams working on tons of different pieces of code, different applications that all work together in different ways. They're releasing on different days. They're all at different points of the security development lifecycle, the SDLC, at different points in time. And AppSec teams need to manage that, right? And, and need to manage all of the, the vulnerabilities involved. And as you get more and more complexity, you get vulnerabilities that are of different severity. And so when we look at code with all these vulnerabilities are released, there's a lot of focus on what are the most critical vulnerabilities? How do I determine that? How do I get there and figure out like, well, this is vulnerable technically, but it's not really exploitable. So no one's really going to get this versus this one over here. This is very dangerous, right? So that kind of calculus is something that everyone's having to do. And to be really fair to to developers, to AppSec teams, to CISOs that are all out there doing this work every day. This has happened really pretty quickly to them and to the way that their organizations operate. And so the change in adapting to this, it's it's difficult. Now, there's a lot of new methodologies that have come onto the scene, and you see this in federal agencies also, software factories, the agile development teams that are putting out scrums and rounds of new software, as you alluded to already, infrastructure as a code, containerization as people move to clouds and they want mobility of their workloads. This is all bringing new sources of vulnerabilities, fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The more complexity you have, the more new methods of doing things you have, that's just a bigger security threat landscape, right? Like that's that's just more to deal with from a security team. And the question is, do you increase the resources that your security teams have along with that? And I think traditionally that's been no, right? If you, if you look at how people across the organization, especially on the business side of things, so when you're talking about the C-suite, when you're talking about the board of directors, information security, they're the ones who slow people down, right? That's the department of no, we don't want to get too involved with them because they're going to stop our project, right? And that's 
that's not, not just the developers, that goes all the way up the chain on the business side of things. That's a really difficult position to be in. And, and CISOs are working really hard to change that. And we're seeing more and more CISOs are being required regularly to start talking to the board of directors. Board of directors are more interested in information security. I mean, if you look at a bunch of big companies, just take their 10Ks at random and look at their business risks. And if you look at that like 15 years ago, it's going to be completely different because now those business risk sections are like all information security risks, right? There's a little bit in there, oh, our competition might beat us or we might get DDoSed or there might be a big hole in like, they're trying to cover all these information security risks. So I think it's it's really trickling up that this is this is a problem. And all these disciplines are new. If you look at DevOps, I mean, DevOps days started in like 2009 and that's DevOps. And now in the last three, four years, five years, we're trying to turn that into DevSecOps and add security there. And so people are just getting used to DevOps and we're like, hey, Security needs to be a part of this. You can't just secure your code once it's ready for production. You've got to have checks all throughout the SDLC, right? And you've got to have technologies all throughout the SDLC that are going to scan your open source code, that are going to scan your proprietary code, that are going to scan your APIs for security problems, that are going to scan your containers. There's a lot. There's a lot to do. And we've been talking about software developed in-house by your own development staff, but then there's also all of the acquired software, which often has, as does your in-house developed software, contain open source materials that are for functions you don't need to reinvent, so you bring in an open source block of code. And so what did the study show about supply chain, software supply chain security? Yeah, so software supply chain security is increasingly troublesome. And, and I like to say that the road to software supply chain security was paved with good intentions. It's kind of what I say, because you've got this industry of developers who all went out and developed things and put out open source code to help one another. And so, of course, because there are all these wonderful free resources for developers to make their own lives easier, someone's got to come along and someone's got to ruin that. And so now you've got like the situation where people are inserting malicious packages into open source code. Someone will, will take something over or do a like a 0.001 version update and upload it. And all of a sudden everyone downloads, you know, malicious package and it's in all their software and it gets distributed out to the folks beyond them. The survey found some really interesting findings, not too surprising that, you know, CISOs are, are pretty worried about this. Almost 50% of them are researching and adopting software supply chain security solutions. And we as a market, you know, like I work for a vendor, we've, we've got an SCS solution. We've got a research team, a great security research team that's devoted to, to looking at this stuff, you know, and, and we're, we're getting into it. We're starting to provide solutions, but the criminals are, you know, they're ahead. They're taking advantage of things. And so right now we're warning everyone about it and we're starting to put out solutions for it. And some other companies are starting to brand around it. But, you know, this is a thing that if you look at it and we're like, oh, well, 49% of CISOs are researching and adopting software supply chain security solutions. I mean, that's only half of them. This is becoming a problem quickly. We're starting to realize it's a problem and criminals are starting to realize that it's a great, great way to get into your code and to get into your systems. And so it's just, it's just increasingly going to be a problem. And briefly, what can companies do to remedy that? I mean, can you just simply scan everything or what do you do to make sure that the open source elements in your software supply chain or really everything in your software supply chain matches what you should be doing with your own software that you develop? Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of companies have already invested in uh, software composition analysis software, right, SCA. And this helps with open source. So this scans anything that your developers are bringing in. 
in-house and says, hey, you know, here are the vulnerabilities that we know about that are in these different things. Now, what SCA doesn't cover is sort of the next step of that, which is when, you know, how much do you trust where the software is coming from and are there malicious packages in, involved? Our company has a malicious packages solution, detection solution. We think it's really important. We think it's going to be increasingly important, but that's just the barest piece of it. But, you know, that's that's where you start. You start with a solution that finds vulnerabilities in your open source, because essentially what you're doing is you've got, you pay these developers and you pay them a lot of money, and then they go and they don't write the code themselves, they download it. Now, that's that's kind of a mean way of saying it, but it's it's something you need to worry about, right? Is like, where is this code coming from? Are they downloading from trustworthy sources? And so then that's a policy place. That's where security teams need to be implementing strong security policies about what open source code can we use? What do we trust? What don't we trust? What kind of checks does it need to go through in order for us to trust it, right? So you're, you're always adding more overhead, but it's it's incredibly important to the security of the applications that you're putting out there into the world. All right, let's then wind up with your basic advice for development teams and I guess the people that oversee them to what are the best practices now to make sure that what finally comes out, whether they develop it or they incorporate a mixture of their own code with open source code or commercial code of any sort, that the applications they do develop end up more secure. All right, so I'm going to back up from this question real quick, because it's really important. And I don't actually necessarily want to talk specifically to technology here. I think that application security is the appropriate mix of people, processes, and technology. So I could tell you to go out and buy a solution. I could tell you to go out and buy all of our solutions. And I probably should, and my marketing team would be really happy with me for doing that. But we have an internal team that works with our customers to help them build out programs, build out application security programs. And we call it APMA. That's our AppSec program methodology and assessment. It's a great bunch of folks that are really experienced. And as part of that, we survey our customers, right? Of our new APMA customers, 57% of those who came to us, so they're coming here to buy something. They don't have an application security strategy at all. And of those who do, 72% don't actually have a plan to support their strategy. Now, despite that, of all the folks who come to us, 92% of the organizations already have an AppSec scanning tool. That is to say, they've spent money on something that they don't really have a solid plan for. And so it ends up with about 43% of those folks saying, we don't act consistently on the scan results that we get. We don't act on those results. I'm not going to go out and say, here's what you should absolutely do. This is the best solution that's going to fit your company. What you should do for your organization is focus on structure and focus on starting off with folks in your organization who care about application security, start small, start with, start with a tool, start with a single development team, find security champions, find people on the development side who are going to say, this is important to me. I want our code to be secure. And maybe you're listening to this, you're already past that and you want to know, but it's all about getting your people in place, your processes in place, and then getting the right technology. Because as a technology vendor, again, like we don't want to we don't want to be having the renewal conversation with you in a year and for you to say, we didn't use this thing. Be ready when you come to us. Be ready with a plan. Be ready with a strategy. And that's where you've got to start. That's what I'm going to say on that. Jonathan Singer is Senior Product Marketing Manager at Checkmarks. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much, Tom. This was great. For more information on Checkmarks' Global Pulse on Application Security Annual Report, please visit checkmarks.com. That's CheckMARX. You've been listening to GovIT from TD Cinex Public Sector. We'll be back soon with more public sector IT content. I'm Tom Temin.